0: Is the Talking Dead a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show The Walking Dead? Hello, everyone. My name is Chris, and my name is Jason, and this is the Talking Dead number five hundred twelve, recorded Tuesday, February the second, twenty twenty-one.
1: Hey, that's half a half a terabyte. Half a terabyte. Five twelve. 512, half a half a terra
0: episode. You're absolutely right. It's our half a terra-sode. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, welcome to the half a terra-sode, everybody. Welcome to you, Jason, and happy Groundhog Day.
1: And it's Groundhog Day. Sure is.
0: Um, again. In, <laughs> once again. <laughs> if anybody is wondering, Wyerton Willie, the Canadian groundhog who comes out of his hole and looks for his shadow, did in fact see it today which means that we are going to get six more weeks of winter. However, Puxatani Phil, the American counterpart to Wyarton Willie, who comes out of his hole and looks for his shadow, did not see it. So that means we're going to get an early spring. So which is it, Groundhogs?
1: It's probably some of both. <laughs> I mean, the weather's not really uh, you know set in stone and it's not going to be one way or the other. We're going to get warm days. We're going to get cold days. And then in probably a hundred and hundred and fifty years, these uh, I assume these aren't the original Wireton, Willies and Puxtani Fills that they it, that is it is a uh, a mantle that is passed from generation to generation, I assume. And there's a whole uh, uh, lineage, uh-huh. I assume, probably you know, heir to the throne kind of thing. Sure. Anyway, in a couple of hundred years, uh, Wireton, Willie and Puxtani Phil, they'll come out of their holes, and if they get a sunburn, then it's going to be a short winter, because to fucking environment's going to be so screwed up that, uh, they'll probably burst into flame the second they come out of their holes. Oh, great. So if the groundhog comes out
0: of its hole, incinerates itself, uh, we yeah. know that we're going to have an early spring. <laughs> that's right. Okay. And it's going to get hot <laughs> soon. It's It's too hot already, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's great to know. Um,
1: either way. I'm feeling bleak. I'm feeling bleak, but yeah, I could use an early spring. Uh, I think that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, I I don't mind winter. I like
0: cold. I like ice, but I also like spring and summer. And so I'm sort of looking forward to that too. Anyways, happy Groundhog Day, everyone. Uh, Hopefully where you are, you receive the weather that you most desire. Let's put it that Mm -hmm.
2: way. Or
1: at least the weather you deserve.
0: Or the weather you deserve, sure. All right, well, today on the program, a uh, big surprise, everyone, we're actually going to continue covering The Stand. So two weeks ago, we looked at episode one and two of the current 2020 edition of The Stand. And today we're going to look at episode three and four, which wasn't really on the docket. But I decided that, well, I'm enjoying the show, so I want to keep talking about it a little bit. And the plan that we did have for this week is just going to push back a little bit uh, to sometime, hopefully in the near future, I mostly just have to get my act together to get things organized and arranged. And that is the idea to have um, an old friend of mine on to talk about whether or not people would in fact become a-holes in the zombie apocalypse as much as they seem to on The Walking Dead.
1: Yeah. I mean, I assume they would, but let's find out. Let's talk about it with reason, you know, with a reasoned, uh, outlook.
0: Yeah, exactly. We, we will find out. So, uh, this, instead of that though, we're going to continue looking at the stand and at this rate, we will most likely look at the entire season of the stand because it would be silly to do four episodes and not the other, uh, four or five in the season. Uh, so that'll be coming up in future weeks, but this week, before we get to the stand, we are going to do some walking dead news. So here we go. The Walking Dead News. Okay, Jason. So AMC has announced the return date for Fear the Walking Dead. Oh. And if you recall, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I speculated that maybe fear would start on the same night as The Walking Dead ends. Mm Mm-hmm. Or maybe it would start the following Sunday, a week later, and turns out that was the correct answer. It's going to return on Sunday, April the 11th, with the next episode of season, uh, six. Are we in six of Fear the Walking Dead? Sure. Or five? Oh my God, I can't believe I, I'm blanking on that. But whatever season we're in, it's going to be on uh April the 11th. Cool. So not the same night, but we don't get any time off, which is which is fine. Also, there are three new cast members joining the show. Uh, I'm going to run down them here. Two of them you'll probably know, Jason, and maybe all three. But the first guy I wasn't too aware of, it's a guy by the name of John Glover. He was on The Good Wife. He was on Smallville and a bunch of other shows. But I haven't seen either of those, even though people keep telling me how amazing The Good Wife is. So I might watch it someday.
1: I've seen The Good Wife, but I'm going to look up John... Glover and let's see what this bad boy looks like. Oh, that guy. Yeah.
0: Okay. He's a guy that, you know, Yep. All right. Well, John Glover is joining fear. I look forward to that. The next one is Nick stall. So do you know who Nick stall
1: is? Uh, Again, the name sounds very, very familiar. And once you explain it to me, I'm sure I'll go, aha,
0: Terminator three and sin city. He was in those two movies.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that guy's coming on too. Uh, And then the final one is Keith Carradine. So big time, long term actor, Keith Carradine, obviously way too much to list from his IMDb profile, but TV shows he's been on Madam Secretary. He was on The Big Bang Theory, Fargo, Dexter, Deadwood, like a lot of shows Uh, that we've seen and a lot of people have seen. Uh, so, Keith Carradine is coming on the show. Now, I don't have any details on who they're playing, when they're going to be on, but, you know, they went out of their way to make this announcement, so kind of a big deal. We're going to get a bunch of new, you know, recognizable faces or ho- high-profile people on Fear in the near future.
1: That better not mean they're getting rid of people that are on the show that I like. Yeah, good point. I mean, I I as great as, you know,
0: Keith Carradine is, I don't want to trade him for... Uh, Garrett Dillahunt.
1: No, no kidding. Right. Or, or even, uh, what's her eyebrows? Jenna Elfman. Okay. Really? Yeah. Right. So let's, 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 uh, let's trade up, not trade in, you know?
0: Just add to the ensemble is what you're saying. That's right. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there are some deaths coming up in the back half of this season. Uh, Who knows? Maybe a character like, or an actor like Nick Stahl would Join for one episode, maybe two, and then be killed off. You never know. Um, any of that could happen to any of these these people, I suppose. But you're right. There's a few characters on there that I don't want to see go yet, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Also, in the Fear the Walking Dead arena, we have a director announced for episode 613. And if it was just one of the normal directors that, um, so it is season six, see, 613. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I knew I wrote that for a reason. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's just one of the normal directors that has done previous episodes or anything like that, I probably wouldn't call this out. But it's someone new, and it is Aisha Tyler. Do you remember Aisha Tyler? Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah. You will know her as an actor from Friends. Uh, she dated Ross and Joey, I think, for a little while. She was on 24, she was on The Ghost Whisperer, plus a bunch of other TV. Uh, but now she's moved into directing. And in fact, it's not her first outing. She directed an episode of Roswell, New Mexico, Criminal Minds, something called Hipsterverse. So she's she's got a bit of directing cred under her belt, but she's coming to Fear the Walking Dead. Don't have a title or a summary for the episode yet, but she is going to, I'm sure, put her unique stamp on it. So that's, that's kind of fun.
1: I listened to her podcast as well.
0: Yeah, which has been shut down for some time now, right? It was called. Oh, has it?
1: <laughs> well, it hasn't. I guess I haven't listened in a while, but I did. I was an avid listener for a while there.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it too. It was called Girl on Guy, and uh, it was a it was a fun show. It was just an interview show, right? And she had yeah. on interesting people. So, um, it's been gone for a little while. And I mean, to be honest, I, I haven't looked in a bit. So maybe she's brought it back. But she did shut it down there. Uh, but there were a bunch of episodes out there that you could find. And uh, if you want to hear from Aisha Tyler. From, you know, two, three years ago, <laughs> go see, <laughs> seek out her podcast. <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: So that's all the fear the Walking Dead news for now. Moving on to the Walking Dead proper. We found out just the other day, actually, that, you know, as we know, it's coming back on AMC on February 28th, later this month. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. Yep. But the first episode is going to premiere on AMC's streaming service, known as AMC Plus, a full week early. Mm. So if you are an AMC Plus subscriber, you can watch the first episode of the rest of season 10 of The Walking Dead on February 21st. Well... Unfortunately, that's not an option for you and I, because we are in Canada and AMC Plus does not exist here.
1: No, it does not. Can't cross the border for some reason. No. not get a visa, maybe was convicted of a drug crime at some point, and they won't let him into the country.
0: I guess maybe, I mean, the borders are closed otherwise, but, uh, you'd think yeah. the bits and bites of the service could make it here somehow.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't consider a TV show a, uh, uh, risk to our legal system. Really? <laughs> like, no. They're not going to reoffend once they come into Canada. No, I doubt it. Let him in. And it's legal here. Marijuana anyway. So come on over, spark up a doobie. Let's watch some TV. <laughs> Sounds good to me, or at least for AMC plus. So except for the sparking up a doobie thing, maybe a, you know, nice glass of wine or something. Yeah. I'll, my speed. I'll take it. No, a, I don't like wine. Maybe a rum and Coke.
0: <laughs> the one drink you like. <laughs> Well, yeah, there you go. I'd have a drink and watch AMC Plus if it was made available to me. But if you're in the States and you subscribe to the service, you can get the episode a week early. The rest of the episodes uh, will be premiering on the Thursday before the Sunday that they are going to be on TV. So you'll get the first episode a full week early. Then the other five you'll get, you know, three days early on the Thursday. Or four days, depending on how you look at it.
1: Yeah, I followed the logic. Don't
0: worry. Okay, good. Uh, if you're AMC+, Plus, you'll, you know, be ahead of the curve, and you can post spoilers all over the internet if you want, but don't do that. <laughs> Make you a jerk. Don't,
1: don't do that. No. I finally get caught up on The Mandalorian, so I don't have to deal with spoilers. I've already, like, there's so many spoilers that I, uh, and I'm not even going to say what the spoilers were, because they would be spoilers if you haven't watched the show. So, uh, don't spoil shit. No, and especially if you're making a YouTube video, don't put the spoiler as the thumbnail for crying out loud, people. Well, it it's a huge problem actually,
0: uh, and The Mandalorian is a spo- is a show you can really spoil.
1: Well, some of the uh, yeah, we'll talk offline about exactly what was spoiled, but it finally got caught up, and so now I can breathe a big sigh of relief that I don't have to be I don't have to worry about spoilers anymore for a little while. Like I'll get behind again, I'm sure. Uh, for now.
0: I mean, how spoiled were you on that show? Like, like, did, did you manage to avoid like the, the big ones? No.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, there was a couple big ones that, uh, well, I'm not in my mind, they were fairly significant. Uh, there was three ones that I got spoiled and, uh, a fourth one that I luckily, thankfully didn't get spoiled.
0: Okay. I'll be curious to find out what that is later. And just a reminder, Jason, uh, we had some listeners of the other podcast I do with Jason Cabassi, uh about The Mandalorian. Request your presence on it. So when season three yeah. of that show comes back, I think maybe you should try to watch the first one or two like right away, and then you can do an episode with us, and then you can get as far behind as you want.
1: Uh, yeah. And I have many thoughts and emotions that I would like to express. Oh, so really? that I'm having a hard time not expressing at the moment but yes I would like to talk about this show all right maybe I'll do what Dave does you remember a friend of the show Dave I do remember him yeah he works at uh he uh was is in we went to early childhood education and now he works at the school where my son goes so I see Dave every morning well when we went to school that was <laughs> right but for a while there I saw them every morning and every Friday morning he would uh, show up and he'd be like man I I'm tired. I got up at 4 a.m. to watch Mandalorian so that he would watch it before he went to work the day of, so that he would be caught right up. Maybe I'll do that. Get up at 4 a.m. to make sure I watch the show.
0: Get up early. That way there's no one throughout the day can spoil you because you've already seen it.
1: Well, yeah. And I had to do that with Game of Thrones, right? I I had to watch that week to week because the spoilers were so heavy that I just, I couldn't deal with it. So I was forced to watch that every week. Well, there you go.
0: This all comes back to Walking Dead coming on early on AMC+. Plus. So if you see it, don't spoil it for people.
1: Yeah, don't be a shithead. <laughs> That's, be an, be uh, a nice
0: person. Yeah, be a nice person. All right. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, you remember him, Jason? He, him. he used to play Rick Grimes on <laughs> uh, The Walking Dead. Back in the day. Yep, back in the day he was i mean i still remember the day we found out that he was leaving the show and i texted you or something and said holy shit man we have to record an emergency podcast tonight because andrew lincoln is leaving the show yeah i i I don't even remember actually if i told you the news but either way i said we have to record tonight there's a good reason that was like three years ago already so oh man time flies anyways he was interviewed by extra recently and he was actually there promoting this new movie on Netflix he has called Penguin Bloom. So if you're interested in seeing Andy Lincoln on screen uh right now, you can watch Penguin Bloom on Netflix. I have not seen it, but I might actually watch it. I don't know. I haven't seen him do anything since The Walking Dead really, and it would be nice to see him doing some work.
1: Sounds like a horrible title. It's, it's just that's Penguin Bloom
0: that's bad. I, honestly, I have, I don't know much about the film. I don't know what the title means. I, you, I agree.
1: It doesn't really. I don't really, care what it means. It it be Johnny and the, the Penguin squad would be a, almost a better title.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might watch it. Uh, you're right. It doesn't, that title doesn't draw me in, really doesn't tell me anything about it. So I don't know, but Andrew Lincoln's in the film. You can see it if you want to. Maybe we should review it. <laughs> Yeah, we probably should. I don't know. We'll think about it. But in the interview, it was on video, he was asked about, you know, what's up with The Walking Dead movie or movies. And he said, if everything works out and I can leave my country, I plan to be back in America filming in the spring and summer. So of... Well, okay. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to come back with that, but the <laughs> implication is he's going to be there this spring of 2021 and summer and filming the movie. So if filming is done by the summer, editing and post-production will be happening in the fall and I guess it'll be out sometime next year.
1: Yeah. I think he might be a little optimistic there. <laughs> I mean, the, the vaccine is a wonderful thing, but the rollout is going to take some time.
0: Yeah, it will for sure. But other stuff is all in production now. Like they're, they're shooting things, you know, just yeah, doing it. Should
1: they be? Uh, I, that's, that's the
0: thing. A different question. Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, stuff is being made though, presumably in as safe a way as they can. You know, we got these, we're getting these new episodes of Walking Dead. Fear has been filming and currently is filming. So, you know, stuff's happening, but I hear what you're saying. I don't know. Movie is it on a bigger scale? And it involves a lot of more people, I think, and coming from all over the place. So he seems to think they'll be shooting in spring, summer. I'm choosing to be optimistic for now. And I'm also just excited that there's actually some information about what the hell's going on, because like, how long has it been since they announced these shows or movies? A long time.
1: Well, three years when when he left the show, right? Right. They said, "Yeah, don't worry, there's going to be movies. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about
0: anything. We're on top Uh, of this.
1: Well, and that and just in general, Hollywood timelines are uh anxiety-inducing for those of us or at least me that is, that is not in Hollywood. It's like, well, we're going to have this movie in 2021 and this movie in 2023 and then in 2024 we're going to have the sequel to this movie and then in 2028 we're going to be uh we're going to film this movie. It's like, "Oh, man,
0: that's a long time." It is. And I, I agree. Sometimes that causes me anxiety for, for movies that I'm really excited about or just franchises I'm really excited about. Yeah. You know, when, when the force awakens comes out and I know we're like six years away from the rise of Skywalker, although I know it's coming, I'm like, Oh my God, I hope I'm still alive then. I don't want to miss that.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing the Avengers, and it's just like, okay, well, here's the rollout for the you know next couple of uh, movies, and it's just like, oh my god, that's like seven years. Fuck you, Hollywood. That's (laughs) that's that's not good. I, you know, why tell me? Don't tell me. Just do it. Yeah, but I'm gonna go see them whether you tell me or not. This is causing me anxiety, so don't tell me.
0: Yet here we are now, post Avengers, uh, well, post whatever phase of the phase four. We're we're in in phase phase four, right?
1: Well. We just finished. That was phase four, wasn't it? No, that was that that phase three.
0: That was phase three. WandaVision okay. is the beginning of phase four.
1: Oh, that's another one. I'm starting to fall behind on that and seeing, hey, what does episode four mean with a picture? And like,
0: oh, shut up, shut up.
1: Okay. Well, I wasn't so sure about
0: um, all the Marvel TV shows coming up. Like, if you'd asked me six months ago, are you going to watch WandaVision? Are you going to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Whatever else they've got coming, I would have told you, I don't know. I'm 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 not so sure, but now that I've seen the first uh what is it three or four episodes? I think four of WandaVision. Yeah. I want to watch them all because WandaVision is super weird but
1: good. I mean it, it's well, it starts weird. It Well, take That back a little bit. I don't want to know anything about it. <laughs> okay. I know that, you know, WandaVision has a meaningful title, but that's all I want to know because it doesn't uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what could possibly go on, but uh, I don't want to spoil Marvel for any of those nope. li- people living under a movie rock. Uh, but yeah, well, I got to get caught up because that's another one that I'm a little worried about spoilers.
0: Y- y- yeah. And, and I think you can be spoiled on that too. So uh, I'd, I'd get on top of that, man. Get on top sure. of there. All right. Anyhow, Walking Dead movie with Rick Grimes filming in the spring and summer. We hope, fingers crossed. Finally, in the news, uh, you remember those Walking Dead comic, uh, re-release Jason's that were, Jason's, Jason, that were in full color? Yeah, there's only the one of me. Yes. So, issues one to six of that are being reprinted and re-released, uh, with some new main cover art, uh, on them as well. So... Those are for anyone that forgets, uh, was like a deluxe edition of the walking dead comic that they're doing in color with a bunch of extra information and sort of almost like a making of section at the back. I think they call it cutting room floor where Kirkman and maybe other people talk about ideas he had and things that didn't make it into the comic or whatever that was, you know, that's been releasing over the last six months or so. I haven't picked up any but they're out there. Uh, But I guess issues one to six or maybe more than that are hard to find or completely sold out at this point. So they are reprinting them. If that's something you missed and you want to pick up. Now I report on this because I remember I went back way back to July of last year. When we first spoke about this, I could have sworn that I remembered image comics saying that these would not be reprinted that this is your one and only chance to get these so don't screw around go buy them if you snooze you lose and then here we are we get this news that yeah they're coming back out as reprints so i went back to check that and in fact what they actually said was that these will not be collected into trade paperbacks so you won't have another opportunity to buy them like as a set or you know as a as a larger book but they didn't say anything about not reprinting the individual issues. So I guess they technically didn't lie and you can get them again.
1: Yeah. And that's the secret to good lying is you don't actually lie. You tell enough of the truth to imply the lie and then you move on. And that is the art of lying. Well, image seems to have that art nailed. It, it, it's, it takes some skill. It <laughs> takes some skill. And I, I got to tell you that I'm very good at lying. I always have been, ever since I was very young, I was very good at lying. I had to teach my brother how to lie because he was horrible at it. And I just, I said, don't freak out. Don't yell, don't scream. Just say the lie. And you know, know, sincerity, once you can fake that, you're all set. (laughs) Uh, But now in my adulthood, I've decided to only lie for good and not for evil. (laughs) So I don't tell evil lies anymore. I only lie for good, like, Uh, well, there was a, a whole lying process when I was buying the, the ring to, to propose to my now wife. Uh, there was a whole lying process that was involved in that. Uh, but that was for good and not for evil because I wanted to surprise her. Hmm. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, but now I don't even have to lie. Like if for some reason I was going out to shop for Christmas stuff, I say, I have to go out to run some errands. And she's like, oh, what are you going to do? I can't tell you. Christmas is coming up and that's fine Sure, because we have a mature relationship now. So I don't have to lie anymore at all, really. But I only, when I do lie, it's only for good.
0: Well, that's a good policy. That's, I like that. Yeah. Well, Image didn't technically lie. They just no. told un, enough of the truth. And uh, that, if that's you,
1: also a lie by omission too, right? I guess, I guess, but
0: whatever if you want to get these uh walking dead comics in color again because you missed it then uh, you have another chance so i guess look for those at your local comic book shop cool all right jason that is it going to for uh do it for the news uh we will take a very short break and when we come back we're going to talk about episodes three and four of the 2020 edition of stephen king's the stand stay with us to take a quick second here everyone to thank someone for supporting the show and that would be cindy g who became a patron on patreon thank you so much cindy for doing that if you would like to be like cindy you can do that by visiting patreon.com the talking dead and you can make a small monthly pledge to help support the show and support us with all the costs that go into producing the podcast if becoming a patron isn't your cup of tea, you can also make a one-time contribution via PayPal by hitting up talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal and contributing that way. And for no money at all, you can also contribute by leaving us a star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or other podcasting platforms. That is a great way to help get the word out as well, especially as we, you know, lead up towards uh, the return of The Walking Dead and interest sort of ramps up again peaks a little bit and how great would it be to get featured on the front page of you know the apple podcast site or something like that so that would be great um we really appreciate everyone who helps out that way and thanks again to cindy g for becoming a new patron on patreon.com slash the talking dead welcome back to the show everyone it's now time to talk about the stand and we are going to be covering episodes three which is called blank page and episode number four called the house of the dead Mm. so jason i really enjoyed episodes one and two of the stand and i gotta say i enjoyed three and four just as much maybe even a little bit more to be honest with you i'm really liking this show
1: I like it too. I think, uh, I don't know if I enjoyed it quite as much as you, but I did enjoy them. They just, how do I put this? This, these two episodes kind of fell more in line with what I remember of the original story or the original, uh, series and the novel. Um, and so I started, started to put pieces together like, oh, that's that actor. or oh, oh, so comparison right like now i know who gary sinise was in the uh the original and uh the guy who who says m-o-o-n that spells whatever uh do you remember the the tv show coach yes do you remember there was three coaches on that show there was uh the coach coach and then there was a uh, an old guy coach then there was a a big coach right big guy right uh, the big guy was the guy that says m-o-o-n that spells moon you mean the same actor that the actor that was the coach was the the big guy in the original miniseries.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I
1: understand now. I get it. Yep. Yeah. So, so I'm starting to put pieces together like that, right? So, um, I think I'm, and I I recognize this is my problem. I think it's because of my familiarity with the uh, with the show that is causing me issues this time. Okay, well,
0: I would love to hear about your issues, but first, that actually brings me to uh, sort of a point I wanted to make, because I looked up The Stand, this version of The Stand on IMDb, and it's only got a 5.5 rating out of 10. Really? Yeah, and then a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, which uh, classifies it as rotten. And so, you know, half the listeners, roughly, or at least half the voting population, is giving this a poor rating um people aren't really digging it it's certainly not to the level that i am and i i was wondering why that is uh i mean it could just chalk up to taste right i may enjoy something that everyone else hates that's just the way it goes but i also was wondering that if like book readers or those familiar with the stand you know the old mini series are reacting negatively to this adaptation for some reason Like, is there something about it that they don't like? Is it the flashback storytelling or is it the actors or, you know, have they made a change to this version of the stand that these, these people don't appreciate for some reason? Because I could see people being so attached to the original novel that, you know, sometimes people in that situation with any piece of media kind of are hesitant to embrace like a new version of it if you know what i mean it it happens i think so i wonder if that's the case here and then when i think about myself i come to the stand with absolutely zero baggage i never read the book i never saw the old mini series i didn't know almost anything about it so i don't have any of that history and nothing to compare it to and therefore i'm just experiencing it is you know what it is and really loving it i'm not sure i don't know if you have any thoughts on that being a person who has read the book and seen the old series?
1: Well, hey, you know, it's been a while since, uh, it, it, it's been about 10 years since I've read the book or listened to it on Audible. Uh, and it's been longer since I've seen the miniseries. And I saw the miniseries, was, that was my first, like I saw the miniseries before right. the novel. Right, right, right. But from what I remember, it hasn't changed that much. Okay. Uh, this is pretty much in line with what, maybe even the, uh, the, the, the flashback storytelling, but I'm not absolutely sure at that point. But the settings are the same. Denver being uh, uh, the one location where it's, you know, angelic, you know, Rocky Mountain High, uh, close to God kind of thing. And Vegas being the other location, uh-huh. you know, Sin City kind of thing. So there's, uh, those two locations uh, are the same. The uh, The characters all seem to be the same. Uh, even the situations, like the situation in the uh, the furniture Warehouse where they meet that, uh, mm. uh, meet that woman. That all, like the location was different, but that whole situation was exactly how I remembered it. Interesting. And that's where I went, Oh, that's, uh, she plays, uh, there was the the woman who played that part in the original miniseries was in the Saw movies. I, I guess that's the only other place where she was. I think she was <laughs> on TV for a little bit, but she was in the Saw movies. I forget her name. Okay. Or never knew it. Let's go say that. But, Um, yeah, so it, it, this all kind of falls exactly in line with how I remember the story going. Hmm. So, So I'm not sure how much of a deviation we have.
0: Right. So that's, that's your memory of it. But I mean, that's something to go on anyways, if it hasn't really changed that much. I just, I wonder what it is about this that, that the people aren't liking. And, and, you know, I shouldn't pin that on everybody because, you know, I, I'm sure there are lots of people out there who do like it, but. I'm really, really digging it. And, you know, my wife watched the first two episodes with me and then she said, I don't think I want to watch The Stand anymore. And I said, that's fair. You know, it's about a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. It's pretty gory. Some pretty bad stuff happens. And if it's not your thing right now, that's totally fine. And then I watched episode three and four and I was like, you know what? I think you should continue watching this show because it's, it's good, and these two episodes I didn't find quite as gory as the first two, uh, even though some really upsetting things do happen in, in especially the fourth one, um, but I tried to convince her that I think she should pick up this show and continue watching it because, uh, because it seems really, really good, so I haven't quite well, that's not, Yeah, I haven't quite finished so, convincing her yet, and we'll see how that goes.
1: Tell her that that's the original setting right? It's, uh-huh. uh, you know, that, that, uh, the pandemic and the disease that spreads throughout the world is the initial uh, impetus for the story, but it's not the story. Much like, uh, you know, The Walking Dead, uh, you know, it's called The Walking Dead and they're still walking dead and they're part of the story. Whereas all the dead people that are dead, they're dead. They're not part of the story. Right. Right. They're this, the initial outset or the, uh, the, the, inciting factor of the story, but it's not, it's not about that. So once we get beyond that, and I think we have, uh, that's not part of the story anymore. We just have to, it's just the setting is everybody's died. Yeah. Except for these smattering of folks. It's basically just a thing
0: that happened and now we're dealing with the sort of result aftermath and what comes next really.
1: Yeah. It's the setting, not the
0: plot. Got it. Got it. No, that's, that's a good argument. I'll try that. See how it goes. All right. Um, and, I, and I also wanted to say though that I'm I am really enjoying the flashback method of storytelling here, and you know I I realize that's nothing new, uh, but I think they're just doing it really well for some reason. I don't find it too confusing. Well, I don't find it confusing at all. But I you know sometimes with flashbacks it can be a little bit. In this case, I think they've done a good job of you know, helping you keep track of where things are. It certainly helps that in the present, they're in this community. And in the past, they're like on the road. And it's pretty obvious, you know, when that changes. Um, But I really like it. And, you know, in this, in these two episodes, we, we go back to see Stu when he meets Harold and Franny for the first time, which I enjoyed. We get most of, well, we get a big chunk of Nick's story on the road while, while he's on his way to Denver or Boulder, we should say. I think it's technically in Boulder, which is just outside Denver. And then we meet Glenn, this new character played by Greg Kinnear, who I think might be my favorite character on the show right now. For one reason, because Greg Kinnear is amazing and I, I
1: love yeah. that guy. And I just love this he character. he hasn't even been in more stuff? Yeah. He's a very good character and he's a good actor. And, you know, he came out of the gate strong, but then he just kind of petered out after a while. I don't know. I think uh, Greg Kinnear should have been more of a star than he is. Are are you sure he's not a star? Like, he's been in a lot of things. He's not a leading man. He doesn't lead movies. No? Right? No, he's a that-guy actor, as far as I know. I haven't seen him. You know, he's not... (laughs) You know, he's not in the Marvel movies. So <laughs> yeah, fair, <laughs> he's but not in Harry Potter. He wasn't in, uh, there's a lot of stuff he's not in. So what are we going to do here? Well, I mean,
0: sure. But other than, you know, everybody's not in a lot of stuff, but like, if you
1: look <laughs> I'm down not in
0: everything, that's right. If you look down his list, like he's done plenty of movies. He was in house of cards. Um, what's the. What's the movie I know him from, uh, where Something's I maybe first give, saw him? Or... L- Little Miss Sunshine. I oh remember- yeah, he was in that. I remember watching Little Miss Sunshine with him. He was great in that. You know, going back years, you've got Mail, Mystery Men, uh, you know, Nurse Betty. That's just, uh, oh, Nurse Betty, a movie, not the TV show. Is there a TV show called Nurse Petty? No, that was Nurse Jackie. Sorry.
1: Nurse Jackie. Um, so... Okay, so he's either in an ensemble cast or a supporting actor. He's not a leading man. And I think he should be a leading man. I think he deserves leading man.
0: Okay. Maybe. Well, he's definitely an ensemble on this show, but I think he was fantastic. I think the way they introduce him is really great. He comes across kind of... A little bit of a scatterbrain professor type vibe, I thought, you know, he lives yeah. in this house alone with a dog. He's there's like crap everywhere, a little bit messy and stuff like that. And when he first shows up on the street uh, in front of Stu and, you know, they talk to each other and they decide they're not going to shoot each other or hurt each other. And then the next thing he says is this total non sequitur about caviar. And I'm like, I like this guy. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just got one, like you can tell his mind is moving at a mile a minute and he's got like, don't kill me on my mind. And also, do you like caviar? Come on in. I haven't spoken to anyone for a while, so maybe we can hang out. <laughs> right. And I just like do that. Do you like caviar? I've had caviar. It's not bad. Have
1: you? I've never had caviar.
0: Well, I've, I've, there's very few things I do Actively don't like, so I'll I'll try most things.
1: Man, it's been it's been a decade since I've had shrimp. Well, my wife's allergic to shellfish and most other kinds of fish. I know Uh, fish is uh, something I don't eat very often, and shellfish never. I've have tried lobster twice. Yeah, so I had lobster. Absolutely hated it. Thought it was disgusting. Oh, that is. I I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) So I thought, you know. I should try that again because yeah. I try everything twice, just to be sure. And so I went and I had lobster and I hated it. Why would I, it's, it's the same kind of thing. If I go to a restaurant, I'm not ordering the chicken, right? <laughs> I'm getting something other than chicken. Cause I have a lot of chicken at home. So I'm going to get a steak or I'm going to get a uh, uh, shepherd's pie or I'm going to get something else, right? I'm sure. not going to get fucking chicken. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. I I just don't
0: know how you can hate lobster though. A, it's good, and B, you most people dip it in like basically melted
1: butter. And... Well, if you want to have a butter delivery system, just give me some goddamn bread and butter. <laughs> you know, fresh break baked bread and some nice butter, salted butter. That's uh that's good stuff right there. Why bother with the goddamn lobster? Anyways,
0: um I love lobster, so uh you're wrong. But Scatterbrain <laughs> Professor played by Greg Kinnear. Um, he's also I also, you know, once we're in the present and he's there as part of this committee that's that's running the uh, Boulder Free Zone, I think they call it like he he's one of the ones he's the only one who's like questioning Mother Abigail a little bit and Nick's relationship with her and sort of the actions of the governing committee that they're all on. He seems to me to have the most insight into how to run this committee even though he kind of clearly has no idea what he's doing like the rest of them. And again, I just really like that idea because these are, you know, uncertain times for everyone. These people have been summoned here via their dreams. And this is the five that are, have been chosen to lead the place. And he's the one going, you know what, this is weird. Like at, at least he's the only one saying it out loud. This is weird and we don't know what we're doing. And maybe we shouldn't just blindly follow lady in our dreams who told us to come here. So (laughs) I like that. I like everything about this guy. And I am glad he's still alive on the show because when I first saw him, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, big name actor, Heather Graham came on and she got killed off. J.K. Simmons came on and he got killed off. Please don't tell me Greg Kinnear is coming on to be killed off. And so far, so good.
1: Not yet. Have you watched the the next two episodes yet?
0: No, I haven't. Have you? Me neither. No. So let's hope. I I very much, very much hope the one other thing I want to say about this character is that the other scene I really enjoyed with him. Again, it's a talky scene. It's when they're on the road and he delivers the man of science speech to Harold to try to convince Harold to come with them to Boulder. Right. And again, I just thought he did a really good job there and he was able to kind of figure Harold out. Right. And speak to him about something that got him on board. Um, So he's a, he's a intuitive guy as well, right? He can sort of analyze a person and be like, I know what you need to hear right now to (laughs) to do what I need you to do pretty much.
1: Well, that's, that's a good skill to have.
0: It is manipulate people. Persuasion. Okay. Persuasion.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Put it nicely.
0: Um, So I'm excited about him and I, I loved every minute of him on screen. Um, but let's talk about some of the other characters a little bit. Why don't we start with Nadine? Okay. So she is the teacher who, you know, showed up with the kid. And I love this character, too, because we learn in these two episodes that she is 100% under the control of Randall Flagg. Yeah, she is his queen. She is his queen and has been for a long time because she was first, uh, I want to say touched by him, but that's, you know what I mean? Like communicated to from him when she was a child.
1: Yep. Right. It's been a
0: while. Through this Ouija board planchette thing. Um, so she's been under his influence for a very, very long time and- Here we find out that now he's kind of controlling her and he says, you got to kill the five people (laughs) on this committee, right? And, and what I loved about this was the dichotomy between what I thought her character was and kind of what she, she is, or maybe that's not the right way to say it, but it's it's what she is but what she's being controlled into doing right they're total opposites the way the way i see it she's this she's this good person who picks up this you know lost child on the road basically takes him on as her own travels with him she's a school teacher she's there to for the betterment of the the, the children when asked what she's going to teach them she's like you know what i'm just going to try to give them something a little bit normal and give them a, a slightly normal life here. I'm not going to worry about teaching them things too much. I just felt like she's this really good person. And then all of a sudden she's totally under flags control and she's seducing guys into murdering people
1: and actually <laughs> well, kills a dude at just giving him the a end. little push, right? He's on board too. He just needs, uh, he's a little more, uh, hesitant. So he just, he just needs a little bit of a nudge. Harold, you mean? Yes.
0: Right. Right. Um, but like from having the best intentions, To being this murdering villain. I'm like, this is awesome. I think this is great. It was pretty good. You know, so I'm, I'm excited to see her, uh, and, and where that goes, see if she can continue to, um, manipulate Harold into doing things because he does seem a little reluctant, even though he's admitted to at least wanting to kill Stu, right?
1: Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know where that's going to go. And well, he's giving in, he's in the process of giving into the dark side. Right. Yeah. So she's, she's all on board, right. She's the, uh, she's the Darth Vader to Randall Flagg's emperor. Like she's just, she's right into it. And, uh, you know, this guy is, uh you know, he's, he's kind of on the fence, but he wants to murder. Right. And he has resentment and he has mm-hmm. anger, uh, and he has frustration. Uh, so, you know, He just, he just needs a little bit of a push onto the dark side and then he'll, you know, he'll commit to the path.
0: But Randall is able to control some people completely like Nadine and others. He's not able to yet. Right. And is, is this, is this because like, am I interpreting that correctly? Is this because he hasn't kind of made a deal with everybody? He can, he can communicate with them in their dreams, but you know, with Nadine, he has this arrangement in place because of the the game when she was a child and you know the guy in the jail cell from episode 2 or whatever it was like they have an actual arrangement in place it, it, is Randall unable to say commute or manipulate Harold specifically because they don't have an arrangement yet
1: uh, I'm hesitant to use this term um let's he's not done the process of indoctrinating him into the uh into the Randall flag you know, the full Randall Flag fan club thing, fan club, <laughs> sure. you know, he's, he's kind of on the fence. He's still, he's not done talking to him and convincing him to be on his side. Once he is able to completely convince him to be on his side, then he can be a little more overt right i want you right. to kill these people yes sir would you like me to stab them uh drown them poke their eyes out with a hot poker how would you like me to do it or would you like me to figure it out myself no problem mm-hmm. you know so it, it, it's with with her she's fully on board right so he can be more overt because he already knows she's wrapped around his little finger uh so it's just it, it, it's still a process and he's still uh he's still in the process of being uh, manipulated. Does
0: she know, do you think always that she has this, this, uh, puppet master controlling her or, or, or does she not always know that? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, when she's traveling and she meets Joe, the kid and decides to take him on, like, does she know that she has the potential to do evil things or has done these evil things sort of in a way I mean, I want to say against her will, but at the same time, I feel like she's embraced exactly what he can make her do. So I'm just wondering if she's aware of, of him always being there. I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't know either. It's, it's hard to say.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. The other thing is flag sends the guy in the car too, in the yellow sports car to from Las Vegas to deliver the he's coming uh, warning. So he's able to control (laughs) that guy too.
1: Yeah. Well, that guy was crucified. Mm -hmm. Right. So he was kind of, uh, indoctrinated by fire. Right. He was kind of, instead of manipulated into it, he was kind of tortured into it. Right. So, uh, it's hard to say whether he was on board or whether he was a willing participant or not. He was kind of, uh, force-fed everything quickly through torture rather than manipulation of their dark urges.
0: Sure, sure. But he was still a, like, he, I mean, he still drove all the way there and, and you know, I, I don't feel like he had any any control over his actions in a way, right? Like, it's not like he could have turned the car around and gone the other way.
1: Yeah, but I don't think he was necessarily a willing participant. I don't think he was, you know, uh, on on the dark side. I think he was just kind of Uh, over his, his personality was overruled uh, and and told to do this. I guess, which
0: we saw in the bed, right? When he was recovering and then mother Abigail comes and the dude goes full, like possessed almost. Right. And, and we even hear Flag's voice come out of his mouth and, you know, he says he's coming. So you're right. He may not be a willing participant and it doesn't seem to matter. Flag can can basically possess him anyways and <laughs> do what he wants. So,
1: yeah, and it's like the uh, uh, the emperor trying to seduce Luke Skywalker to the dark side, right? He's uh, he needs him to be a willing participant, whereas the stormtroopers who are just weak weak minded can be easily manipulated by anybody that has force abilities, right? Mm-hmm. You just kind of go, no, I'm going to overrule your sense of reason, and you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Uh, whereas somebody who has more power, who has more, uh, personality, uh, and, you know, is a main character in the story, uh, (laughs) more charisma, you you can't just overrule their, their will and, and get them to do what you want. They have to be a willing participant. So they have to be manipulated. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it really
0: makes me wonder how much control, uh, flag has over, Everything that we're seeing, really, in a way, you know, it's it. I love it, actually, because it kind of makes me distrust every single character's actions and motivations. Right. You don't know if they're doing things because it's in their own personality or it's in their nature or if because Randall Flagg is influencing them or outright controlling them somehow And I actually love that. Like, it makes me sit there going, what's going on? I'm constantly questioning the state of things and wondering what's happening and where the show is going. And just, I hope they sort of explain it all. But I think it's a really great, again, great way to amp up tension and mystery and so on. So good, good on Stephen King for writing it like this and these guys for adapting it that way.
1: Well, you also have to remember that uh, Stephen King is one twisted individual. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's uh, necessarily a twisted individual, but, uh, you know, with all the Stephen King novels that I've listened to and read over the years and all the Stephen King adaptations that I've seen, uh, there's something wrong with that guy. And really, <laughs> it's, it's you know, to the benefit of us all that he's able to... Uh, you know, channel that, whatever's going on in that brain of his into something entertaining for us. And he's, he's doing it for good and not for evil. Right. But there's a twist there that just, it's not right.
0: Yeah. He sometimes feels like it's for evil, but you know, entertainment is good, I guess. He's
1: not, he's not trying to hurt anybody. Right. He's just trying to entertain people. Uh, but some, sometimes, uh, like there's a, there's a scene in it that, The novel, they luckily didn't put it into the movies. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just, it's just, Steve, what are are you doing, buddy? (laughs) I mean, sure, you thought of that, but did you really have to write it down? And then the editor went, yeah, we'll leave that in.
0: Yeah, no problem. It's essential to the
1: plot. Yeah, we need to leave that in. It's not essential to the plot. They could get out of that fucking sewer another way, (laughs) right? They're just kids, for crying out loud.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I I don't know. I don't know what year he wrote it in, but maybe back at the time they were like, yeah, no problem, we'll leave that in.
1: I think a lot of alcohol and cocaine. Oh, maybe. I think maybe that was probably some of the issues. Well,
0: did you catch the Stephen King cameo in this uh, episode? Oh
1: man, I did not. It it
0: was in episode number four, I think. It was the moment where Nick and, um, is it Tom or Tim? Tom. Nick and Tom have just escaped that furniture warehouse with the crazy lady and yep. they're hiding in like a bus shelter or something like that. And they turn around and there's a bus shelter poster for Hemingford home, which is where oh, yeah. they've been told to go. And on the poster is a bunch of senior citizens and there's Stephen King sitting at the table.
1: <laughs> really? No, I didn't catch that.
0: Yeah. He's there. That's funny. So funny. Good for Stephen.
1: Uh, But speaking of
0: Nick and his storyline, here's another plot that I really, really enjoyed. And in this case, uh, here's a character who Flag tries to control by offering him the ability to hear again. He says, I'll give you a voice. But Nick refuses and says, I already have a voice. And he's like, I'm not going to work with you. I don't like the cut of your jib. So uh, move along, fancy man. And then flag doesn't like that. So instead he takes his eye. So now he's got, he's one eyed Nick. Yep. That's okay. But this was so great. I mean the other like Nadine who just like gives in maybe because she's a child and she doesn't have the ability to resist. But Nick is this dude who's like, no, I don't think you're all what, you know, I don't think you're all that. So I'm not taking your offer. I loved it. And, uh, and then where Nick goes with meeting up with Tom and the horrible scene in the furniture shop. I mean, she's just an awful person right there. The way she, well, treats, yeah. the way she treats Tom and some of the things she says to him. But, uh, I enjoyed all that and it, it sort of helped me understand what kind of guy Nick is and Tom too. Uh, another great character in my opinion. So, yep. um, really, really, really good stuff there. Uh, any, any other thoughts about Nick?
1: I really like, you know, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? So I think, uh, he has abilities that, uh, I'm not sure we've really seen them yet, uh, or, uh, and I'm I'm saying this from a spoiler free mentality. I don't remember specifically what happens or what his character does in the novel or the, uh, or the original yep. miniseries. But uh, I think that uh, you know the fact that he can resist Flag, uh, and you know he's re- He I guess in order for Flag to want him on his team, uh, he's really got to be on the fence, right at the beginning, right. And he's made right. a choice, and a choice is powerful. It's like there's there's some people that uh, you know Flag has not uh, contacted, not attempted to contact. Uh, You know, and they're good in their own way, but they haven't made a choice to be good. They're just good. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, whereas Nick has chosen good. Yeah. 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 So that kind of has a power in it as well.
0: Well, and that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's a good way of putting it. He's chosen the light side. Right. And that's what I really like about it. Uh, But you're right. So Flag hasn't, I mean, he has appeared in some form to stew Uh, and maybe Glenn, um, is that his name? Glenn, Greg Kinnear's character. Yeah. Uh, but I think, doesn't Stu in, in one of these episodes say like, he's only, he come to me as a form of a wolf or something like that. I've only seen him as a wolf. Yeah. 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 And he, but he does tell Franny that he refers to him as the dark man, I think. So yeah, he hasn't really appeared in human form to Stu, to, to give him any sort of offer or anything like that. So I do think that's interesting. Maybe that's still coming. I don't know, but it kind of makes Nick for now one of the most interesting characters to me, because he is the one who actually resisted him, which I like. And if he's got some other power or, you know, great importance in this story, I will not be surprised.
1: Yep. And I think it's going to be awesome. yeah. I don't know what it is, but me neither.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. We get, you know, we get a little bit more with Franny and Harold on the road, too. Uh, He, you know, comes on to her and she rejects him, which is part of his problem. But then we have to go through this whole scene of the trucker who they meet on the road, who is one of the more horrible people you can really imagine in a world full of horrible people. This is a dude who is holding women captive for the purpose of raping them. And they encounter him on the road, and he beats the crap out of Harold. Tries to, you know, take Franny as well, until Stu and Glenn show up and and save the day. But boy, that guy getting killed was that ever satisfying? I gotta say.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, you sound you unsure. Know if he, no, I am not unsure. That uh, I, I've, the only question I have in my mind is whether he was uh, one of Flag's men or just an evil fucker. Yeah. Right. It's a good uh, question. And so that's, that's, I'm not sure if like they didn't, uh, and the question, the reason I was hesitating was I was trying to recall if we knew that that guy had been contacted by Flag or mentioned by Flag, I don't think he has or was. No. So yeah, he's just one of those evil bastards that are out in the world. And when, you know, the apocalypse comes, you got to watch out for those guys. Right, which they'll take advantage.
0: Yeah, in fact, we saw earlier on too. Remember the guy who wanted to give a um, million dollars for Heather Graham? Yeah, <laughs> for fifteen minutes.
1: Uh, I don't think that he would put a time limit on it. It's, it is.
0: It's a lot of.
1: Well, I guess that's the you know a testament to the uh, the the falling dollar in the the apocalypse.
0: It's a lot of money per minute. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think this dude on the highway was one of Flag's men. I think if we were meant to believe that, we would have been shown that. Uh, I think he was just an ev- evil guy and he got what was coming to him, I-, I would say. Um, So, yeah, there you go. And and ultimately, though, it's kind of the traumatic experience which helped at least start the relationship between Stu, Glenn, and uh, Franny and Harold to travel together. So, you know... I'm not going to say they needed it, but it is what brought them together and right. put them on the same path. So, uh, but it was, it was, you know, uncomfortable to watch a little bit. I thought just because of, of how nasty this dude was. Yep. Um, so, so what else? I mean, we get a little bit more with mother Abigail here, although she doesn't play a huge part. I mean, she comes out to talk to the, the guy who's possessed, Uh, We, we know that, that Glenn is the one questioning things a little bit. I really enjoyed all the scenes with the committee, just like standing around in that room, wondering what to do. It, for me, I was like, this is, this is great stuff. I mean, these are all good actors and it felt really real in a way. I mean, a group of people who, who have been pulled together, no preparation for this. They're kind of just realizing they don't know what's going on. They don't know how to do what they're being asked to do. And, you know, at the beginning, they're looking for a way to address the rest of the town, which there seems to be, you know, a hundred or a couple hundred people there now. And, you know, they don't want to be dishonest with them, but they also don't want to scare people. And finding that balance I thought was, was really interesting. Um, So, you know, and, you know, I, I enjoy scenes with, good dialogue of people standing around in a room talking and this show <laughs> this show delivered on that i would say
1: i love shows like that
0: yeah a talky show as long as it's good stuff you know yeah I'll take it any there's day there's no
1: car chases this is good stuff
0: there you go and then the other thing that they did is they had to figure out who they were going to send to vegas on sort of reconnaissance missions uh, and even all that I loved, like deciding who it was and especially, of course, deciding to send Tom uh, and just the realism that they approached it with and the uncertainty, you know, I mean, let's be honest, you would be uncertain about sending a guy like Tom on a mission like that. And I think the show depicted it really well, in my opinion. And frankly, I love Tom. That's a, what a great dude. And I hope he's wildly successful in his mission.
1: I like that actor, too. Yeah, I'll I don't, forget his name I don't and know and the actor,
0: sure. I don't know the actor, but, uh, whoever he Look is. Him up. I, he's I,
1: been in some, uh, he's been in some big stuff. He's a, he's another that guy actor and my brain is not ready. Anyway, <laughs> on, let's just move on. I'll find him. Well, an-
0: anyways, yeah, I don't know who he is, but great character. And, uh, like I said, I hope he's successful and, uh, I'll be really bummed out if he ends up dying or dying unceremoniously anyways. Right. Uh, I mean, that's, that's about it, really. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of wondering who the father of Franny's baby is.
1: Yeah, I thought I knew. I thought it was, uh, you know, uh, James Marsden when we first saw her, then the, him together. I'm like, oh, they are a couple now and she's pregnant, but mm-hmm. then, nope, it, he's not the father. Somebody is. Well, we find out that, like, she tells stew
0: that she's pregnant when they first meet each other on not first but when they're on the road after the horrible experience with the trucker and and i think in that scene she says that she hasn't told anyone except her dad and so it goes back even before like it was kind of hard to hear if she said dad but i think she did so that means her pregnancy goes back before her dad died which was you know right around the first outbreak of of the virus so I think she's been pregnant the whole time. And so it's not Harold's and it's not Stu's and we don't know who it is. The other thing she said is during that ultrasound she was having in this episode, um, she says she questions whether one immune parent would pass on immunity. So the father clearly is no longer with us, got the virus and died. Yep. And, and then she holds up that picture and I didn't recognize the person in the picture. So it's, it may not even be important who it is, but other than the fact that it's not one of the characters that are currently on the show. So I figured it would be important, but maybe it's not at all. Maybe the baby's important for other reasons, right?
1: It could be. I mean, we've seen that in other shows where the baby's very important. It's true. Of course. I can't think of a specific instance, but it seems like a trope to me.
0: I mean, first baby born post-apocalypse that is immune to the cause of the apocalypse. That's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. You'd hope. You, you would hope. That's right. Yeah.
1: So the actor's name is Brad William Henke, and he's been in a lot of stuff, including uh, Justified, uh, Orange is the New Black, and Lost. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So he played uh, in Lost. He was Bram. He was one of the guys that uh, showed up late, I think. Okay. Sure, like anyway. one of the others on the other side of the island? Uh, he was one of the others. I think you're right. Was he? Okay. I'm trying to remember, but he was in Lost. Uh, Justified, I definitely remember him in. And, uh, he was, uh, a very bad guard in, uh, Orange is the New Black. I don't know if you saw the whole run of that show.
0: I just saw the first season.
1: Oh, he wasn't in the first season. No.
0: Okay. Well, uh, seems like a good actor and a great character here. So, uh, I look forward to seeing more of him. Um... Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, let's see. Oh, the last thing I was going to say about Franny is towards the end of, uh, one of these episodes, she's writing sort of in a journal, but it sounded to me like she was writing to somebody. So whether or not that somebody is still alive or she's just writing it down to make herself feel better, I don't know. Um, but what she's voiceovering is that she's, it felt like she was trying to justify to herself what they're doing, like, you know, by sending Tom on this mission and stuff like that. So I started thinking, is she writing to the father? But no, the father's dead.
1: (laughs) Well, it's a journaling technique, right? Yeah. You write as if you're writing a letter to someone. It could be, you know, uh... (laughs) It could be Sherlock Holmes for all you know, right? It right. doesn't have to be a real person or an alive person, or there may never be an intention to actually give it to the person. It's just, it's a way of getting it out. It's like, okay, and I'm, instead of just writing all this shit down, I'm going to envision it as if I'm writing to somebody and telling them something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be, it could be just a, a technique she's using.
0: Yeah. And I, I would be totally fine with that. But before I started putting the pieces together on... the father was, I'm like, maybe she's writing to the father, but I think you're more than likely right that she's just writing to someone as a way of, of getting her thoughts out. So, uh, okay, man. Well, I thought we have a great show here with The Stand, episodes one, two, three, and four. We are going to be covering number five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Um, hopefully we can squeeze all that in before Walking Dead comes back. I think we can, if we do two a week for a few weeks here. Uh, but before we wrap it up, Jason, A., any other thoughts on this show? Anything else I sort of missed that you wanted to, wanted to point out?
1: Mm, no, the music, maybe I am enjoying the music in this, uh, the end of the episode three was, um, I think it was Jefferson airplane, white rabbit.
0: That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. One of yeah. it was so, on one of them. That's Yeah. Number it was
1: uh, yeah. I did, the reason it stuck out to me is that we did a cover of that in a band I was in called Four Really Nice Guys, uh, <laughs> and one of the lead singers we had, and yes, we had multiple lead singers. And at one point, there was uh, there was eight of us with like a four piece horn section. One of our lead singers was a uh, was a woman named Shauna, and she sang this song. It was a cover we did one time. It was really fun. It's a cool song. It's a very very cool song. And you're right. We also we also covered the Love Boat and uh, WKRP the opening. And closing credits. Well,
0: that's good. You need to.
1: Yeah, it was that was that was the best.
0: Good times, I bet. All right. Well, before we end, then Heidi on the internet sent in an email, and Heidi says, "I watched the first two episodes of The Stand, and it makes me want to go back and read the novel again. I love the spiritual, otherworldly aspect of it. It reminds me a little bit of the vibe from The Leftovers or The Passage, uh, which is a show I." don't know, but it's, uh, or sorry, not a show. It's a series of novel novels by Justin Cronin. I'm not familiar with them, but, uh, Heidi says they tried to make it into a TV show, but it failed miserably. Anyways, the novels are awesome. So maybe we should cool. check those out. Uh, but Heidi goes on, it seems to give another dimension to the story that I think sometimes the walking dead universe shows are missing. Don't you think they're setting up flag as the devil and Mother Abigail as God, or the Savior. I hope that isn't a spoiler for my memory of the book. It has been many years since I have read it. But no, Heidi, I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that's pretty clearly what's going on. We have these two sides. And in fact, you alluded to it right off the top, Jason, by saying, you know, Boulder is up high, closer to God. And we have Las Vegas, which is Sin City, where Flag is and where the, you know, the devil might be. So, I think it's pretty clear that this show has a devil, God th- vibe going here, and that's what ultimately is going to be the source of conflict as we hit the hit the end here, or the uh, rest of the series.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil anything, but we, we definitely have good versus evil. I mean, it, that's pretty apparent. Uh, that's this, what I'm saying. Uh, it's totally apparent.
0: Show. That's exactly what this show appears to be about, right? And good versus evil and people doing good people doing evil things and what it takes to make them do that and stuff like that. So I don't think it's a spoiler to say that they're setting it up that way. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. Thank you, Heidi, for sending that in. Um And uh, yeah, like I said, we'll continue to cover the stand as we go forward. So tune in and watch it if you want. We'd love to get more um, thoughts, emails, voicemails, whatever about the stand, if you, uh, want to send those in, if you have any thoughts on the show. But no spoilers. If you if you're super familiar with the book, don't like, you know, write in exactly what happens. Cause I don't want to know. I'm really enjoying watching it unfold in front of my face.
1: Yeah. definitely don't copy and paste a novel into an email. <laughs> no,
0: that's not good. That's too much, too much text. It's a
1: thick novel though. So we'd be <laughs> looking at size limitations here, but that'd definitely spoil Chris.
0: It really, really would, yeah.
1: Because he reads every email. Every all one. of them, all the whole thing.
0: Front to back, man, every <laughs> single one. Don't always respond, but I sometimes do. So, uh, you know, I, you'll spoil me if you send something in. Yeah. All right, just before we wrap up here, Jason, I've got a couple of calls I want to play from listeners. They are not really related to anything, but uh, I'm going to play them anyways. The first one comes from
2: Trish. Hey guys, it's Trish from Boston, and I haven't uh, listened recently, and the reason why is I needed some sanity during this pandemic, so I'm going old school, and I'm re-watching The Walking Dead yet again, but I'm also going back through and listening to all of your podcasts from the beginning. I didn't realize I didn't start until season six um, is when I found you guys. Anyway, so I just finished up the episode Recapping episode five. I find it so fascinating that you just guessed that Carol's going to die off the next episode. And originally you were wondering, who's this Andrew Lincoln guy? And who's this Norman Reedus guy? And here we are, flash forward, how many years later and episodes later? And they're just like family. It's so fun. I just love having you guys around to uh, recap. you know, days of yesteryear, pre-pandemic. Anyway, I thought I'd uh, share that with you. It's really kind of funny. I can listen to the old school. All right, I'll play catch up and get up to speed because we're coming back in February. I'm so excited. Oh, and I'm one of the February babies, by the way. I think I share a birthday with one of you, February 26th. That's me. 1972, to be exact. Also me. Anyway, we'll see you guys soon.
0: Okay, so Trish, thank thank you so much for that email. I... I can imagine it would be fun to go back and hear us say stupid things about, you know, things we had no no idea about at the time, but you're right. Like who's this Andrew Lincoln guy? And now, you know, you're right. He's feels like family member. I've met the man and, uh, you know, he's, he's great. Um, and so that, that's wonderful. That's, that's fun to hear. And also she was born on exactly the same day as you,
1: Jason. Nice. (laughs) That's Awesome. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I was watching uh, and just thinking of February 26th and having coincidental birthdays. Uh, I was watching a movie. Oh, I wish I could spot the movie. I think I may have co- copied it to you. It was a couple of years ago now. But this guy's sitting in a bar and he's talking to the uh, the bartender and he's saying, you know, I met this guy and it's uh, it was a really weird coincidence. We had the same birthday. She's like, oh yeah, when was that? He said, February 26th. And the bartender, she said, that's my birthday too. And they were all like, whoa, this is a weird coincidence that, uh, all three of us have the exact same birthday. Meanwhile, I'm flipping my goddamn lid because it's my birthday as well. Watching the movie. Uh, holy shit. So I wish I could, uh, send you the, uh, the clip, but I forget what movie it was. So, uh, give me a week. I'll go back and rewatch all the movies I've ever seen and see if I can find it. No problem. I look forward to that. That's great. <laughs> Uh, what's the, except stat? for, uh, except for the accidental husband. I've seen that five times. I'm not watching it again. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough. Uh, I was going to say, what's the, what's the stat? You get 25 people in a room and there's a 50, 50 chance two of them have the same birthday.
1: There's 23, you get 23 people in a room. Oddly enough, that's the, uh, the, the, the probability of two of them having the same birthday. It's 50-50. 50-50, right. You have to get to 365 people in a room before you get to 100% chance, Well, 366, which makes perfect sense, but 23 mm -hmm. gives you a 50-50 chance. It's very, very weird. It's very weird how that math works, although at
0: one time I did read an explanation for that. Uh, I don't remember it now at all, though, so...
1: Well, it has to do with you know you have a your birthday is uh, one in three hundred and sixty five, so you have yep. a chance of one hundred one in three hundred and sixty five, and my birthday is one hundred one in three hundred and sixty five. The two of those together are two in three hundred and sixty five, right? I think, but then you start when you start compounding more and more people, and uh, you get to the odds of and the odds of you and me having the same birthday. Just two people in a room are you know one in Uh, what's 365 divided by two or whatever it is. Anyway, the math (laughs) works that way is that you keep adding people and it keeps changing the odds. And when you get to 23, it hits 50-50.
0: Right, 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 right. It's interesting. Anyways, you and Trish have exactly the same birthday. So, uh, on February 26th this year, I think you should send each other a gift.
1: Yeah. And I've met probably half a dozen people in my life that have had the same birthday as me. Good friend of mine, Daryl. Even the same year? Uh, no, Daryl was born a year earlier than uh, than me. Right. But we always used to go to one of those restaurants that uh, gave you a free meal on their birthday, and we'd really fuck them over. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? Share a meal. Oh, we got both the same birthday. Yeah, free yeah. meal for both of us. Hooray. Kind of makes you dicks. Yeah. All right. Anyways,
0: we got one more call here from Mike.
2: Hey, guys. Um, this is Mike Hills from England, now living in Colorado. Thankfully, this podcast you
0: guys ever read zombie books? I've just read the uh, Day by Day Armageddon books. Um, I think it's a series of five books. I've read it. And this is my fourth time of reading the books. They, they have to be the best zombie books I've ever read. I just wondering if you guys are into reading um, horse
2: um zombie books. Okay, thanks for a great podcast.
0: All right. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I, I realized that was a little, maybe a little bit hard to hear, um, but Mike was recommending some books, post-apocalyptic apocalyptic zombie books. Uh, so I don't think, well, I haven't read those and I haven't read too many of them. I've read The Walking Dead ones, of course, and I read The Girl with All the Gifts, which we talked about on the podcast, although I think we were movie. talking about the movie at the time. Yeah, we
1: talked, because uh, I haven't read the novel. I yeah. didn't know it was a novel.
0: Uh, No, yeah, yeah. There's a novel of that. I I read that one. I I think
1: that would have came up in the discussion we were having. (laughs) It probably did, right?
0: (laughs) It might have. It was a while ago. I don't know. Um, But uh, uh, that's about it for me. So at least all I can think of right now, unless you count World War Z, which I guess, I guess you could. Um, But but no, we'll maybe have to check those out.
1: Yeah, I don't generally lean towards... Uh, post-apocalyptic or zombie novels. I kind of lean towards sci-fi when i left to my own devices. Right. Sometimes fantasy, but uh, mostly sci-fi.
0: Okay. Well, you can always expand your horizons a bit. If I have to. I'm pretty set in my ways. Well, it's fair enough. You are uh, pretty old now. That's what happens.
1: Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'd yell at I'd yell at kids to get off my lawn if they were on my lawn. That's private property, of course. And, I mean, you? I've picked up enough friggin' garbage, and we're at the it seems to be at the exact right distance away from the McDonald's so that people finish their drinks in front of our goddamn yard because I've found more discarded McDonald's drink containers than anything else. <laughs> I don't know what it is, where it just, it's just this this magic distance from uh from McDonald's where they just finish their drink and they're done. And and they just pitch it on your lawn. They just That's pitch it on our lawn. What's so, wrong with people,
0: man? Didn't somebody spray paint a penis on your sidewalk too or something? No, they we
1: they poured concrete and they carved it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> it's still there. I, I'm not <laughs> mad about it anymore. Uh, the only thing I'm pissed off about is the artistry is very low. Like it's a bad depiction of a penis. Oh. Because uh, people have been carving and drawing penises on things for a thousand years. Or Probably even more. longer. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's the, uh, you know, there's ancient... Cave drawings where people draw penises, right, or phallic symbols or whatever. So once I realized that, it's just a part of our uh, the human existence. To uh, hey, look, I'm going to draw a dick, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what did they do? They uh, they implemented a Lego online thing where you could uh, you know make lego creations and it would be part of a, a lego creation world where you could go and see other people's creations yeah and they realized that they spent a lot of time trying to analyze creations to make sure they weren't dicks and it was so hard that they ended up scrapping the whole project They That's... couldn't they couldn't filter out all the penises from lego creation left to their own f- devices people will drop penises yeah it's in our nature clearly yeah so somebody carved a penis in my Friggin' sidewalk. I've come to, and you know, I, I've, I'll live with it. I just wish it was done better. <laughs> okay. <That's it. laughs> Fair enough. That's funny. If it was a good depiction, then, you know, at yeah. least
0: it's artistic.
1: <laughs> yeah. At least they didn't write, you're a dick, right? That would have pissed me off. And I would have got an, uh, an angle grinder and ground the whole thing off, but the penis, I'll leave. Fine. Fine. You can live with the penis. I can live with the penis depiction.
0: Alrighty, well, that's good. And on that note, Jason, we're going to live with the penis and call this an episode. So, surely. uh, We'll be back maybe just in one week uh, with more coverage of the stand. And I say that because I would like to fit it in before we're back into The Walking Dead. So, uh, let's see. We'll be back hopefully next week with episodes uh, five and six of The Stand. If you want to watch those and let us know your thoughts, please, please do. You can send in your. Comments by visiting talkingdeadpodcast.com, clicking on send voicemail at the top, and that will allow you to record an audio message, which is fantastic. You can also send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the talking dead. And you know, I post episodes there, but I also occasionally post news there and stuff like that. Uh, you can also just send messages on Facebook to the page. If you want, I will receive those as well. Um, I'm not always the best at picking those up right away. So if it doesn't look like I received it, don't fret. I generally check before we record. So, uh, it does work. Cool. But those are all the way to contact us. As I said, we'll be back next week with more coverage of the stand until then. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao. ah hello i'm sorry i didn't see you there please come in chris and jason have just popped off to change into something a little more comfortable you know what those boys are like please sit down help yourself to a drink and welcome to the talking dead after hours hey surprise after hours section everybody for you i wanted to talk about a video game i've been playing. A lot of lately. And I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I wanted to talk about it while it was still fresh in my mind. And that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. This is not related to anything other than something I've been doing a lot of lately. This game is, I think, a really, really solid video game, really quite amazing. But it's long and it's yeah. big. It is the, the world you're in is enormous and the game is like the main storyline is long. Now I could have done it a little quicker probably, but I'm the kind of guy who takes his time with things, does side quests, goes off and, you know, collects a bunch of wealth chests and things like that. And then goes back to the main story, but I have just finished main storyline i think (laughs) and i say (laughs) that because there's one key character who is not only not dead yet and i expect them to be dead but not even revealed to me directly yet as the player so i think that still has to take place in the game but for the most part it seems like the story is finished and my hour Count on this game is just over 120 hours, which for me is a lot.
1: I think that's cute.
0: <laughs> you do? Why is that? I
1: think that the number of hours you've put in is a cute number.
0: 120 hours is a long time, man. To sit in front I've of my in, Xbox.
1: Yeah, I've put in a hundred and over a hundred or two hundred hours into uh, video games before, uh, and I've—I'm sad to say that I've—I've uh, I've exceeded that by. Many leaps and bounds. I mean, it's not an insignificant number. It's a, that's a big number. Well. But that's, that's a big number for a plot driven game. Yeah. There's side quests and all kinds of stuff, but there's plot. Uh, There's games out there that don't have a plot, which you can just play. Sure. And you can play for a hundred years and it would still be, you know, a game that you would want to play maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. But if you put in 300 hours on a game, so let's say, do you do that over like a span of a year? Or like I put in 120 hours in the last six weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of, uh, Oblivion, um, Ender mm-hmm. Scrolls. I, when I first started playing that game, uh, you know, I was all in. It was, uh, Jenny was, uh, I was dating Jenny at the times before we got engaged and, uh, three nights a week, two nights a week, she was taking uh, classes and one night a week she was taking belly dancing classes. So that was three nights a week where I know that I didn't have date night and I would go home and sit in front of my computer, f- uh, from five o'clock. Uh, you know, when I got home or five thirty or whatever it was, cause I didn't, can you imagine only a half hour commute anyway? Uh, well, now that I work from home, it's zero commute, but anyway, uh, <laughs> right. I'd sit, sit down at five thirty in the, af- in the afternoon and I'd be there at one o'clock at night. Every night, for months. Oh my God. So I put in a, a few hundred hours into that game. I never finished it. It just, Whoa. it got to the point, every once in a while you hit that, that breaking point of a game where you're just like, you know, I've collected enough glass axes and the inventory management system in the game was not that great. So I bought a house in this one town and I ended up filling a couple of rooms of glass axes, just throwing them in there. They never got <laughs> cleaned up because the game didn't have that. I just would throw them in there. I'm like, I'll sell them. I'll sell them. I never did. And I'm just like, how many glass axes can I fucking acquire? So the just, game
0: became a chore more than an enjoyable experience. Yeah.
1: And I just gave up. And that was after a couple of hundred hours at least.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I've put in 120. It feels like a lot to me. It, it, it feels like a lot to me to, to have the main storyline go. For that long and like i said i could have done it faster but i don't think i could have done it that much faster because you do have to you know level up a little bit and stuff like that but i just wanted to point it out because assassin's creed has been around for a long time now There, are many of them are great games i played a lot of them early on then i skipped a few and i came back to it for this one so if anyone out there is listening who's sort of in that boat give Valhalla a try, but just know what you're getting into. It's going to take up a lot of your time, I think, um almost to a fault because I will say that there was a point kind of i don't know maybe three quarters of the way through where I'm like, I could really use this game to end now like i've 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 started to lose track of the story a bit because it's taking so long and because it's fairly complex you know, I kind of am getting to a point where it's still fun, but I just want to finish it. So once I got to the end of it, I kind of, and, and, and the end of the story is quite good. I got reinvigorated by that a little bit, but it's maybe overlong to a fault a little, but other than that, I think it's great. I think the combat is good. I, I, the Assassin's Creed vibe to it, I think is really good. And, um, that may just be me. I prefer my games a little simpler than some people, right? I don't like them to be too hard, so I kind of play on easy. I don't want to get frustrated. I just want to have a nice time. Um, but there's a lot going on in this game. And so I just wanted to throw it out there that, you know, if you're looking for something to play and you're a video game person, give it a chance. It's uh, it's pretty cool.
1: I'm going to give you some examples here, Chris. I've just launched my Steam library and I'm going through and it tells you how many hours you've played on each of these games. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to start small. Uh, So Subnautica, I'm at 182 hours (laughs) and that was a fantastic game. Absolutely highly, highly recommend it. Zero combat. Uh Like it does not exist in the game uh, at all. And I love that game. I wish, I kind of wish I never played it. It was so awesome. Uh, So let's go to Assassin's Creed Origins. That's 58 hours, um, not bad. Let's go to, all right, RimWorld. No, let's, let's skip that for a second. Planet Base, I've played 71 hours. Uh, RimWorld, uh, which is a, a non-plot-driven game. You're just basically, you're crash-landed on this planet, mm-hmm. top-down, isometric kind of view, and you try and survive and build things. Uh, I'm at 2,100 hours. <laughs> and
0: 2,100 Hours.
1: And my all time high is uh Rust, which uh I just hit uh three thousand twenty-two hours. Okay. How long have you been playing Rust in real world time? Well, it's been it's been years. Like I play it off and on, but uh well not off and on, (laughs) there's a lot of on, but there's a there's also a lot of downtime, right? Whereas I leave the game running while I'm doing something. Right. So but yeah, three thousand hours and it's been years. Okay, that's fair,
0: but Jesus, where, I don't know how you find the time. Do you sleep? You sleep, right? You're not
1: a vampire. Uh, not a lot, but, you know, not as much as they should, let's say. Okay, fair. But, uh, yeah. Wow, 3,000 uh, some, hours. Sometimes I find time during the day. Okay. When I'm bored. Well, I, uh, I. You know, spend a little bit of time, launch the game, forget about it. Oh, shit. I'm standing around doing nothing. It's a. And there's no plot, right? It's. Uh, I don't know if you know Rust or if our listeners know Rust. It's basically you wake up naked on a beach on an island and <laughs> you have had a nickel rock for every time that happened to me. <laughs> yeah. And you have to uh, try and survive for as long as possible. You know, you chop down trees, make it a stone axe, you know, smelt some. uh yep. some fucking shit and make a better axe. And then uh, eventually, you know, you bang some rocks together enough and you got yourself an AK-47, right? And some, and then other people try and kill you. I think of it as a squirrel simulator. You Mm -hmm. run around, you try and gather nuts, and then you hide them so that the other squirrels don't steal them from you. Uh, And I'm very bad at PVP. I have won maybe, I've won zero fair fights. Zero. The okay. only time I've ever won a fight was when I snuck up on somebody or I was carrying a uh, an assault rifle of some kind and shot some naked bastard in the face and took his rock, <laughs> essentially, is what have. <laughs> Great. Anyway. Wow. Well, uh, I mean, uh, I guess
0: I don't have anything to complain about, then, if you've been in that game for 3,000 hours.
1: Well, it's been, you know, like I say, it's plot plot games, right? Sure. Uh, if I'm looking at the, you know, Baldur's Gate 3, well, that like 39 minutes. That's just a... Uh, you know, uh, if I'm looking at, what am I looking at here? <sighs> Fallout four. Uh, that's okay. That's a big one. That's 329 hours mm, it's pretty for good. Fallout. I really like fall, Fallout. Again, not really. Well, there was a plot to that, but there was a lot of side quests and stuff. Sure. I finished everything.
0: All right. Well, uh, I clearly am not on the same level as you. But I thought it was a long time. And any case, I think my point was just uh, give it a try. It's a fun game.
2: All right. Well, that's it, everyone. Uh, Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.